Welcome to Max Volume, where we deliver loud takes at soothing decibels. I am your host, Maxwell Lewis Sanders, and this is episode 61. For those new listeners out there, Max Volume is a podcast that worships at the altar of pop culture, a place where the silly and inane are of the utmost importance. It's a pod where we discuss heavy topics like the peaks and valleys of Ben Ava's career, why Showtime keeps their shows on four seasons too long, and how Nip Tuck is the godfather of the anti-hero golden age. No quote too minor, no side plot too small. This is a pod for the TV geeks and movie freaks. So welcome all weary travelers. Your boredom ends here. Woo, that was, that was good. Thank God. I, I've been doing that for the last 45 minutes. And for some reason, I'm just getting tripped up today. So I'm giving myself a little pat on the back. Thank God. We did it. All downhill from here, hopefully. <laughs> uh, before we delve into the topic at hand, let's start with five minutes of Seinfeld-level daily observations. I got super into videos about blue whales last night. No clue why. No reasoning. Just thought, hey, they're huge and mysterious, and I want to hang out with them for 30 minutes or so. And I found out they can live to 80 or 90 years old. That just blew my mind. And their tongues weigh the same as a full-grown African elephant. Four freaking tons. I mean, that is one large tongue. Also, their migration patterns and breeding patterns are widely unknown because they can swim to such depths and they can, they can swim at 23 miles per hour. These guys can move, so it's hard to keep track of them. Also, a human being is small enough to swim through some of their blood vessels. Nature is wild. I just remember reading zoo books as a kid and just being blown away. It's like, a shark has 2,487 teeth or something like that. Or a penguin has 2,000 feathers per square inch. Something wild. I just love it. I love useless facts. Like, I started doing a deep dive on Darth Vader yesterday. And I found out his entire screen time for the first three Star Wars movies is a whopping 34 minutes cumulatively, which is just absurd. He's one of the most iconic villains of all time. I think he's number two or number three behind Hannibal Lecter and Joker and pretty much everyone's uh, you know record books online of rankings. And he's only on screen for 2,000 seconds. That's just that's unbelievable. It's just 2,000 seconds and you're iconic. <laughs> and I learned that his breathing was made with scuba gear. And his helmet is based on World War I German military gear. And his face was inspired by samurai paintings. So George Lucas just combined all this crazy stuff together. So, I mean, and they gave him a, they gave him a cape and blinking lights on his chest like he's half robot. And he's a seven foot, eight foot tall dude. <laughs> so the more you think about Darth Vader, the wilder it is that he works as a character. He's got this biting sense of humor. Uh, James Earl Jones' booming voice. And he just randomly chokes dudes with magic from across the room when they question him. I love it. I could watch Darth Vader scenes on a loop for three days straight, which leads me into my topic today, binge watching. So we all do it. We're all guilty of it. Streaming services have ruined the old guard of watching one episode per week and waiting with bated breath until the next installment arrives. I mean, I remember, you know, back in the day, Sopranos, The Wire, uh, Breaking Bad. These were just, you know, you had six days to kind of mull and stew and, you know, figure out what, what's going to happen or what did this quote mean? Now it's just instant. Now you just go right into the next one. So now we have to police our own programming consumption addictions, and we do it really poorly. We've all annihilated 10 episodes of Ozark in a day and a half, and it's a harrowing experience. You feel gross. You're oversaturated with entertainment. This is not how we're supposed to, this is not how we're supposed to exist. It's like, you know, you give the kid options of what he can eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He's going to have cake, ice cream, and whipped cream, and that's it. And, you know, by day three, he's going to be in a diabetic coma and just puking in the, in, in the toilet. It's just not good stuff. And 
so when you do when you consume it like that it's kind of the same vibe the storylines and character deaths pile up at an alarming rate when you're finished you can't recall any of the b or c plot lines or a single quote before episode seven so i'm here to be your television sherpa we're climbing you know television everest and i'm gonna make sure you don't get frostbite I'm going to make sure your oxygen levels are good. I'm going to make sure we got enough food and water, that the donkeys are well-fed and, you know, ready to go. So I'm going to give you the do's and don'ts of high-speed television watching. So you can enjoy your shows at a reasonable pace and get every drop of enjoyment out of the visual artistry that was created. And you don't feel like a junkie when you complete your, vi- your, your viewing. So let's start with what kind of shows we are devouring. I went with the most common genre and length of show. And what we're generally watching is new seasons, you know, season three of a 45 to 52 minute drama that takes place on a streaming platform. On Netflix, you got Umbrella Academy, Stranger Things, the aforementioned Ozark, Mindhunters, Russian Dolls, Dark. On Amazon Prime, you got The Boys, Goliath, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Hulu, you got Devs, The Handmaiden's Tale. So how do you attack these sirens that will attempt to seduce you into a one-night orgy? You know, you got to spread it out because, I mean, you want to fully enjoy what this, I mean, they've put millions of dollars and tons of time and professional actors and unbelievable, an army of a set, and you want to be able to appreciate it all. You don't want to just remember two or three things about it. So with intense, twisting drama, action, sci-fi, which is kind of the genre that generally comes up with these, you want to break up your viewings into three pieces. Typically, you want to go from episode one to four on the first day, episodes five through eight on the second day, and eight through ten on the final day. There's multiple reasons for this. You want to be able to comprehend each twist and turn the show gives. Television today moves fast, and rarely there's slow-burning plots. So if you don't stop to slowly contemplate what just happened, it all melts together into one unsatisfying blur of a seemingly half-remembered dream. So having breaks in the days leads to anticipation. You get heightened sense of about guessing where character arcs will, will go or what plot lines are really going to get fulfilled. And I, re- I recommend finding episode-by-episode episode podcasts on iTunes or Spotify and taking a long walk after your three- to four-episode binge so you can add speculation and often missed details to your experience. I mean, you can literally search any show on one of those platforms and you'll find a breakdown. I mean, there are so many podcasts out there. So for your first one through four episodes, I tend to favor early evening post-dinner. You know, you're full, you're content, you know, there's nowhere you need to be. The setting sun kind of adds gravitas and an ominous sense of importance to your viewing as things slowly go dark in the world around you. So for the first day of viewing, watch the first episode without distraction. I say the living room is the most logical place. And, you know, you want to have 100% focus. You want to be really intent on it and, you know, nothing in your hands, take your phone away, all that good stuff. Because, I mean, you're going to pick up on, I mean, episode one is going to set the table for the entire season. Episode two, excellent time for snacking. So you know your general characters and plots at this point, and you don't need that 100% focus I just talked about, but you still want 85, 90% intensity so you don't miss key points. I recommend for food, I like baby carrots and hummus, blueberries, cucumber slices with salt, Dijon, mustard, and a hint of dill. It's like, you know, it's kind of like uh, pickle chips, basically. Raw walnuts or almonds, tiny boxes of raisins, anything that is reasonably he- healthy and has a crunchy or chewy kind of vibe where you can mindful, you know, like just mindlessly pop them in your mouth and you get that kind of popcorn cinema essence. Or, I mean, <laughs> obviously you could just do popcorn. <laughs> That's also good. And episodes three and four, 
Usually I like to do in the bedroom around 9, 10 p.m. This feels like a sleepover with your new television buddy. And generally, episode four is where the collection of characters in a show finally all meet. And the true meat of the plot is unveiled. Like you're starting to get, okay, this is where it's going now. Because I mean, usually people are out of sorts or there's a lot of chaos in the first one through four episodes. That by episode four or five, you're kind of getting a view of what's the main plot of the show. And if you want to light a candle, awesome. Makes it feel special. Always have water nearby. Good to be hydrated. Uh, bathroom breaks between episodes, I would say, so you don't lose the flow of each episode. And it's a nice breaking up point so you can analyze and think about what just happens. Uh, post your fourth episode, you want to take a walk, decompress. Uh, listen to one of those podcasts if it's available and kind of just tuck it yourself out so you should be ready for bed. So you don't want to, you know, maybe do a brisk walk, maybe even a jog, you know what I mean? Get, get the heart rate running. So when you hit the bed, you don't want to watch another episode. Now, episode through five through eight have an entirely different feel. I like to do them during the day. And, you know, there's a pandemic. We're not really doing much during the day. So a little bit of variety, mid-afternoon for me. Sun is shining. You get a different vantage point of your characters. You know, see them in the light of day. And you shake it up a little bit so you don't become a TV zombie. You don't feel useless and, like, sluggish on the couch. Maybe lift some weights while standing. I usually use, like, 10, 15, 20-pound weights. I would, I would lie and say, you know, 35, 40, 50. Nah, I'm using small weights. Because <laughs> I'm going for tone, okay? I don't need to be big. <laughs> And also, I can't lift those things. But uh, anyways, it just gives you a sense of production. Like you're feeling like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm physically active while watching this stuff. And you'll find the physically physical activity is not as daunting uh, on your because your brain is focused on the screen. It's just a nice kind of combo. Or maybe cooking while rocking out an episode on an iPad it gives you a calming aura about the experience. Maybe groom your dogs, lay on the floor, eat dinner, make a cup of tea. Like these episodes are more flowy. Generally, the middle episodes of a 10-episode season mesh together, and you don't need to follow along with as much intensity as the beginning or the very end. And these are your friends on screen by this point, and you can have a general feel of the action, the drama, the love that's going to take place, so you can enjoy it casually. You know, this doesn't have to be an intense, note-taking experience. But I would say write down maybe one or two of your favorite quotes per episode, just so you can look back on it and be like, oh yeah, that was funny. It kind of jogs your memory. And again, when it's all over, go for a walk podcast it up, see what other people are saying about what you just watched. Maybe go on the Reddit boards, check it out. Make sure you go specifically on episodes so you don't get anything ruined. But you're breaking it up, and then you get some sleep. Now, day three. This is the home stretch. This is where you get the intense experience. You lock it down. Post 9 p.m., in bed, candles. If you have any kind of special like LED lighting, do that. High volume, dark room. These are where the stakes are the highest. Your sense, your senses are on high alert. You're excited to finish the show, you know, and you're, usually there's a mystery involved that you kind of want to solve. And you're picking up all the crumbs the director left in episodes one through eight because you slowly and calmly follow them at a steady pace the past few days. So this is the payoff for your patience. The intensity of double crosses, murders, loves lost and found, heist pulled, monsters revealed is amplified by a thousandfold. Have tissues ready. Tears during the penultimate, aka the second to last episode, are generally expected on these kind of dramas. So get ready to leak a little bit from your face. Fun snacks would be a pint of Halo Top ice cream. I like the mint chocolate chip or the birthday cake. Uh, Greek yogurt with raspberries and granola, one of my personal favorites. Also oatmeal with almonds and raisins is terrific. Something sweet you can shovel slowly and kind of decadently with a spoon. Because 
it should be something that's a little bit naughty. You know what I mean? You're just kind of like, hmm, this is dessert for me. Because you're watching the dessert. This is the end, you know, this is the end course of the show. And you should finish around midnight. And now you have full understanding of the show as a whole. Now you can delve into Reddit message boards completely. You can read Vulture or AV Club online reviews. And there's endless theories online about what happened, also in podcast form of pretty much any show. You know, I mean, you can just pick anything, and it'll just, there'll be someone talking about it for two hours. It's unbelievable. And then you'll get the behind the scenes stuff, what actors were picked, and what, what, uh, what happened offset. It's really cool. And again, take a walk and let the entirety of the show wash over you. Look at your favorite uh, jotted down quotes and remember each piece of viewing individually. Maybe think, uh, what was your favorite scene? What was your least favorite scene? Which character do you relate to the most? Which character changed the most? You know what I mean? Just kind of ask yourself questions that kind of strengthen your understanding of the show. Oh, and don't do subtitles. It cheapens the material. One eye looking down is not how the director wanted you to consume the show. It takes away from your ability to survey the entire landscape of the program. And sometimes it's good to have a muffled voice where you aren't quite sure what the villain said. It's probably done intentionally. So respect the creator's choice, all right? Subtitles are stupid. Don't like them. And these are the rules for the general, like I said, 45 to 52 minute shows, but it can vary for different types of shows. So I just thought of a few quick ones too. You got these 11 minute cartoon network, adult swim, child humor shows, adventure time, Steven universe, gravity falls, Rick and Morty, frisky, frisky dingo close enough. I'd recommend two to four of these a day at most. Otherwise the childish humor gets redundant and loses its effect. And so, I mean, I mean, do it at your own discretion, but I'm telling you, you know, 40 minutes of, you know, fart jokes is enough. Sitcoms are way different. The ones I'm thinking of are The Office, Parks and Rec, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, The League, Seinfeld. There are no rules for these ones because these are tropes that are so common. The jokes are all forgettable one-liners and you can be entertained for days with these ones. Uh, and you don't really need restrictions or rules because... It's just, I don't know, every moment is just kind of a joke. It's just not a big deal. Like, there's no real stakes. It's not intense. And you can use them as background noise while working or doing chores. They oddly work super, super well with sound alone. So don't be afraid to put it on your phone and Bluetooth connect and just enjoy the jokes as you kind of bop around your house. Then you got your artsy-fartsy, high-concept visual shows with deep layers of meeting that are harder to tackle. These include Atlanta, Twin Peaks, The Leftovers, Lodge 49, Mr. Robot, Legion. And you generally want to do one hyper-focused episode per day because you have to pay such laser attention to the full grasp of the show to really enjoy it. So if you watch more than one, you just feel zonked out. It just, like, wipes you clean. And finally, cop procedurals or murder mystery stuff is pretty much just pulpy garbage. So don't intensely watch more than two episodes a day if you want to feel good about being a human being. This is their nihilistic, anti-hero, dark side of the force, black holes of sadness kind of shows. So, you know, kind of those ones, those ones can really affect your mood and just make you depressed. So stay away from those too much. And also clothing is very important. So comfy clothes recommendations. I'd go Under Armour socks. The low-cut black ones are fantastic. Lululemon sweatpants or shorts, really good. Under Armour waffle shirts. It's like a warm hug. Ralph Lauren plain black t-shirts. <coughs> Or any kind of terry cloth bathrobe, it's magical. So this is what this is one of the first of hopefully will be a series of binge television rules. Maybe I'll write a book one day, and you know you can have a little coffee table book. Then you can pick it up. You'll be like, okay, I'm watching 
a murder mystery that's 25 minutes long on HBO. And you can look at that up exactly. And they'll be like, okay, this is how you watch it. So I hope this guide uh, helps you with your pandemic viewings and I'll get more specific. And if you have any show types or recommendations that you'd like, I'll definitely customize them to you because I am here for you guys. Later.